Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Josh Centers from Tidbits, expert on iOS 12, and of course, Apple TV. You'll also hear from Renee Ritchie. He's from iMore. Lots of things to discuss. Fascinating episode. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. We have an action-packed episode. Do you like that? Josh Center's action-packed episode featuring Josh Center's of Tidbits at tidbits.com. And we'll be talking about his newest iOS 12 book because it's in the final stages of development. So he felt it was safe to get out there. But it's an e-book, so we can update it. But Apple has an event scheduled for 9-12 Tuesday. What can you tell us about it? Well, it is an event. Uh, it will be held in Cupertino, California, at the, the Steve Jobs Theater. I have not been invited to it. That's all I know. I haven't been invited to those events for many years. I guess we are not prestigious enough. Actually, I haven't pursued it either. I think I have a bigger audience now than I did in those days. But regardless, we kind of, sort of, maybe expect things to happen like the iPhone, new iPhones, maybe new iPads, certainly a new Apple Watch, and the rest, things like updated AirPods and stuff I don't pay attention to. But in the case of the iPhone, the latest rumor is three models. And I kind of figure at this point, that's what we're going to see. What else do you know about it? I would not be surprised if we saw something like an iPad X. And uh, I'm going to throw my own little prediction out there based on this invitation. I think we're going to see a, a redesigned round Apple Watch. Round? Yeah, the uh, the invitation, it has this gold circle on it that says gather round. And, and you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, it's just... Uh, it's just a bird's eye view of uh, the the Apple like the headquarters ring, but it's gold. And unless uh, Donald Trump has bought out uh, the Apple headquarters, uh, last time I checked, it's not gold. It doesn't quite look like it does in uh, this picture. So uh, that's that's my wild guess because there's been rumors of an Apple Watch redesign. So I'm going to say they're coming out with a round watch. Right, but with a round watch, if you don't make it larger, you lose the already restricted screen real estate. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, kind of, sort of. They're also talking about less of a screen bezel, maybe a thinner display, because Apple's been busy looking for newer technologies. Yeah, I mean, could be. I, I You know, from all the rumors I've heard, you know, there's going to be like a like an iPhone 10 Plus. There'll be a new iPhone 10. I'm sure it'll have some neat features. But, you know, on the iPhone front, I don't think we're really going to see anything just mind-blowing. You know, I do think we'll see a, see a huge overhaul of the iPad and uh, possibly the Apple Watch. Um, Other than that, who knows? Well, getting back to the Apple Watch, this is the kind of product that surprises people because Apple doesn't announce sales except to say, well, sales are up double digits over the previous year. It means this is growing pretty fast. I see more and more of them everywhere. When you start seeing the cashiers at convenience stores with an Apple Watch, you say, wait a minute, this is not a cheap watch. And someone who works at a convenience store is not making a huge salary. They're really, really investing in this product. So I'm starting to see lots of people 
with an Apple Watch. This is the kind of product that's under the radar because we didn't expect it to sell in huge quantities, except to become the number one wearable on the planet or something like that. We didn't expect that. Yeah, I, I've noticed that too. I've noticed a lot more people wearing an Apple Watch. You know, I was one of the first uh, people to own an Apple Watch. I mean, not to brag or anything. I just, you know, I bought one because I thought it'd be interesting to co- interesting to cover for tidbits and elsewhere. And uh, it, you know, whenever I'd use it for Apple Pay or something, you know, I kind of get treated like I was some sort of wizard or <laughs> a witch or something. But yeah, now now it's funny. I go to these places, and now the cat, like you said, the cashiers have the apple watch i don't even wear mine anymore yeah i i think i think it's kind of snuck under the radar to become a mainstream product you know i don't think it'll ever be the hit that the iphone was but i, I don't think the apple's ever really intended it for it to be but I'm, I'm sure they're selling plenty of them i mean just on that metric alone well you're selling 20 30 million a year or something it adds up you know in a few years if they still get double digit growth it's going to be 50 million. It's going to be 100 million. It may never be as popular as an iPhone because it lives as a, pretty much an accessory to the iPhone, despite the growing independence. You have to look at it this way and consider the fact that a lot of people are buying them every year and the other products have simply gone nowhere. Android what? Galaxy Gear who? Even Fitbit has been suffering. Well, the uh, the Android uh, situation, uh, they, they changed it to Google Wear, and uh, I was just reading an article. Uh, Good name for Google Wear, yeah. because you Google can't Wear. see. Right. Where are they? <laughs> right. No, good point. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen a lot of those. And uh, my mother-in-law got a Fitbit for Christmas, and it died like after couple of months so i haven't been too impressed with those so i mean yeah apple seems to dominate this space you know almost entirely i i, I do see the occasional fitbit here and there um but yeah if i'm gonna see something like that it's usually an apple watch and apple apparently is improving the measurement of heartbeat and something like that the health and fitness is really important i've heard that lives have been saved as a result of an Apple Watch. I can't attest to that myself because I don't have an Apple Watch. The watch I have right here in my hand, my wrinkled hand, it's not wrinkled. On my hand right now, looking at the time, is a calendar watch that cost me $12.88 from Walmart. Every year I go back to Walmart, spend six bucks to get a new battery. It will take right now, what, about 40 years to spend enough money to buy me an apple watch yeah i mean uh you know the apple watch in and of itself isn't that good of a watch right because the the screen's off most of the time to conserve battery and uh you know i've been kind of a fitness kick lately i've started running and stuff and even then i don't feel compare compelled to wear an apple watch i don't know i just at best i find it annoying you know, and I just I just don't get a ton of value out of it. You know, I guess I could, you know, start closing those rings up and so I could brag to people. You know, I don't really see much value in that. I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see if there, and I'm sure we'll see a new Apple Watch in the 12th. You know, I guess I'll figure out if it's worth buying or not. But, yeah, probably not. I just I find it superfluous. It was interesting here. I had Brian Chapman on the show talking about the first Apple Watch. And he's a guy who buys expensive watches, as you probably know. And, you know, he liked it, didn't love it, but there are things that possibly grow on you. And if Apple is constantly improving health and fitness, it may become an essential tool. Also, they're 
giving away as a premium for some health insurance companies. You get covered and you're eligible for, say, an Apple Watch or something like that. Apple's doing that, by the way, with the Apple TV. I want to talk about that next before we get back to the Apple event. But Apple TV, as you recall, DirecTV now, they offered it if you pay three months up front, which was starting at $35. You pay $105 up front, $105 up front, you get a $179 Apple TV 4K with 32 gigabytes. Charter is going to offer Apple Watch with a special app. We're seeing more and more cable providers and satellite providers offering Apple TV as a premium. Now, maybe the ultimate goal there is to make it a replacement for the set-top box and then use like a cloud-based DVR system. And that's going to cost the cable providers less money and help Apple even if they sell it at a huge discount. But this is kind of like a backwards way of gaining traction on that product because it's probably not selling all that well. And you having written a book on Apple TV, let's cover that briefly and go into the Apple event. And then your iOS 12 book, which dovetails from that. See how I make connections? Forget about it. <laughs> Josh Centers, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. Uh, January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Uh, then my real health began going downhill. I had high blood pressure, diabetes, poor vision. I wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking heart and body extract from within a few days. I started sleeping better. My blood pressure normalized. My diabetes normalized. My sleep improved. Experience these benefits and more when your body heals itself with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866 295 That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Heart and body extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. Broadcasting to over a thousand radio stations, GCN programming is in all of the largest markets. A GCN advertising career could be the business opportunity you've been waiting for. Companies need hardworking representatives just like you to handle their needs, while you earn residual income which can last for years. Companies are buying and they need you. 
Email advertise at GCNlive.com or call 877-996-4327. That's 877-996-4327. Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping. Plus a free gift, the new Charcoal Pore Cleansing Brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662. Or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. You heard right, Proactive MD, plus free shipping and a free gift, the new Charcoal Pore Cleansing Brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear, or you get your money back. Call now, 1-800-583-8662. That's one 800 583-8662 or go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio again go to proactive.com and enter promo code radio it's a no-brainer a big berkey water filter is the one you need period you need a water filter that removes chlorine fluoride pharmaceuticals bpa and other endocrine disruptors pesticides bacteria viruses and much more right and does it all at only two cents per gallon get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration big berkey and now gcn listeners receive five percent off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So, the Apple TV, is that the way for Apple to really sell a bunch with these deals with the cable and satellite companies? Oh, I think that was the plan from the start. Um, you know, the idea was for the Apple TV to replace the the cable box. I mean, much like, uh, you know, they partnered with carriers uh, to sell iPhones, you know, back when that was uh, a, a more integrated system, you know, back when uh, the price of a phone was uh, subsidized by the carriers. Yeah, it makes total sense to me uh, th- that they're doing it. I'm glad they actually are. Um, because it seemed like they're, it seemed like when they first launched, uh, that was something that just, uh, that ship sailed, but no, they're, they're getting partnerships in there and, uh, people are getting, uh, inexpensive Apple TVs and, um, you know, and that's, and that's probably, uh, it's probably a good thing all the way around because cable boxes suck. I've never used, I've heard good things about the Infinity X, X, Fendi X1. I don't, you couldn't pay me to touch Comcast again, so I'll never know. You know, but by and large, cable boxes are terrible. Uh, you know, the Apple TV, honestly, is kind of overpriced. Actually, it's way overpriced and uh, not super popular. The remote's terrible. So, you know, this helps Apple sell Apple TVs, and it helps the ecosystem expand. And it also, you know, compared to, like, a typical cable box, it's a huge improvement. So, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a win all the way around. And, you know, and there's a certain proprietary nature to a lot of these um cable boxes you know i don't know if it saves the cable company any money i mean probably not because they still have to do uh they still have to create an app for these things usually so but you know yeah i mean it seems like a like a 360 win for everyone involved 
Also, the cable companies have a way here to keep a customer. Cable companies can use possibly Apple TV as a way to take care of customer churn. A lot of them, or at least some of them, are offering Netflix in their cable boxes. So number one is because Netflix is integrated into their systems, there's no problem with throttling. They take a piece of the pie from Netflix. And if a customer gets Netflix with their cable package, well, okay, so we'll cut back on the cable a little bit, pay extra for Netflix from which the cable company is getting a cut, and everybody's happy. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like a win for everyone involved. Anyway, that's Apple TV. I still do not have the new Apple TV. I still have the third generation, which I am not using yet. I mean, I stopped using it, what, about nine, ten months ago when I got the TV to review, and I was just running Netflix off the Vizio set. And here at the motel, I'm using my 27-inch iMac as a TV set because this TV set in the motel is so crummy. It's 32 inches, by the way. Crummy picture. So I want to watch something. I keep that Netflix account, and I can watch most of what I want. And, you know, it works around. Picture quality is really great. The color is great. It's not 4K in terms of the picture it's getting, but it works fine. Anyway, that's Apple TV. Let's go back to the Apple event, and we'll be talking about the new book that Josh Centers wrote about iOS 12 in connection with that. So we're going to get supposedly three new iPhones. Why'd you tell us what the last rumors were? Oh, yeah, I'm not even sure what the rumors are. I'm, I know, uh, I know, it was like an iPhone 10, two. I don't, I don't know what they're going to call it. Uh, like an iPhone 10 Plus, which uh, you know just seems like a natural progression. And then I don't know, like a, like a follow up to the eight. Is is there a report on what they're they're planning to call that? Like eight S, or they're going to call it the the nine, or you know. Or they will not update it and simply sell last year's model for $100 less. Remember here, iOS 12 is supposedly going to give you better performance in certain areas. So does Apple even totally need will. to do that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, do they? I, it, it, it always seems like, like, I remember with the iPhone 6, I remember thinking, you know, what's, uh, where can they go from here, you know? and uh, But, you know, they, they found a way to uh to do a lot of big improvements from the iphone 6 right so um oh well there's also been a rumor of a of a what like a new iphone se or an iphone 5c you know the uh the lower tier iphone uh i think they said it's got like aluminum case you know so i mean it's not gonna be that cheap you know it just apple just doesn't do cheap so and apple has profited tremendously from boosting up uh, their margins, making more expensive products. And the iPhone 10 has been a smash hit uh, at over $1,000. So, you know, even like the cheap iPhones probably could be $600 or more. So, you know, if I seem like a little hesitant, it's because I, I don't see a lot of advancement in the new iPhone lineup. I mean, I'd love to be surprised, but from everything I've read, it's going to be a lot more of what we had last year. And, and I, unless I see something tremendously uh different i'm on the iphone upgrade program and i'll probably keep my iphone 10 another year and just pay it off and then i'll have a test device uh hanging around the house there's a survey out now that says that what 45 50 percent of iphone users are prepared to upgrade this year 
Now, if that happens, that's going to be a humongous upgrade cycle. They predicted that for last year, and the iPhone 10 did much better than they expected, but not the huge upgrade cycle. So maybe this having two different size iPhone 10s, if it's true, having an LCD-based model with 6.1-inch display, so going to have the notch, is that going to really fuel it? Of course, can you even believe the surveys? So, uh, yeah, actually, uh, as we're talking, Mark Gurman just came out with a a new article on Bloomberg uh, talking about, uh, let's see, new Apple Watches with larger screens. So if they have a larger screen, that would make uh, that makes sense if it's round. Right. Um, You know, to make up for the uh, the corners or however you're losing screen space there. Uh, Let's see. They're they're saying they have new colors of the iPhone 10, which, uh, you know, could be fun. Bigger screens, the iPhone 10 plus. Uh, yeah, new iPad Pro, probably like uh, like an iPad X or iPad 10, you know, whatever they end up calling that. So, yeah, it's I think for the most part, we'll uh, we'll see more of the same. Uh, oh, OK. So the, I guess the idea is that the I, the cheap there's going to be like a cheap iPhone 10 with aluminum. OK, so they're, I guess they're going all iPhone 10 is is the current rumor. You know, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, at this point, all this stuff's kind of incremental. Um it's one of those things. Uh, I, I do think there's probably a lot of people ready to uh, to upgrade their phone. I, I think a lot of people are probably still shy of the uh, the price tag. So, you know, maybe a less expensive iPhone 10 will help move them along. And heck, yeah, you know, I'd probably buy a, a cheaper iPhone 10. I'm paying sixty dollars a month for this thing right now. And whoa, uh, whoa, sixty dollars! The price yeah. AT and T was charging was in the low forties. Well, this is this is the iPhone 10. It's it's the top tier. It's 256 gigabyte storage because I keep filling my phone up, and it's okay. Uh, okay, now you explained yeah. it. But quickly, when we talk about a so-called super cycle, upgrade cycle, remember that probably most people, except in really poor countries, already have one or more smartphones. So, how many people can you sell new phones to? So, the only real way to make progress is an upgrade cycle of some sort. Josh yeah. Centers, more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text BEST55 to 443-443 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. Get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. To see how much you can save, plus get free shipping, text BEST55 to 443-443. With a huge range of brand name filters available, Filters Fast is America's number one online filtration company. And you can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price, delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? To see how much you can save and get free shipping, Text BEST55 to 443-443. That's B-E-S-T-55 to 443-443. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-318-4349 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-318-4349. Again, that's 800-318-4349. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. I'm Gene Steinberg, he's Josh Centers, we're talking here about the next generation iPhones, and he mentions he conceded he's got the 256 gigabyte version. So if I were to buy an iPhone 10, and we're giving that with a big question mark, if I could afford the extra monthly payment, I would probably get the 64 gigabyte version. So I understand. I think the low-end iPhone 10 now, 
Ahead of Apple's announcement, AT&T's low 40s. I'm assuming it'll be the upper 30s if Apple reduces the price by $100 and then makes the $999 one the plus size. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's the real question is uh, what kind of prices we see on these. Um, you, you know, and that seems to be the one place that Apple could uh, tweak things a bit. And I also be, I'm also curious if the 8 sticks around at all as a less expensive model. Oh, okay, so I guess the rumor, I'm, I'm reading through all this Mark Gurman stuff here. The uh, They're saying uh, there's going to be, there could be a replacement for the 8 There'll be like an SE2 or something. Now, I, I do think it'd be interesting if they would um, update the SE because there's a lot of demand for it, at least at least in, from Tidbits readers. Um, I, I get a lot of questions and comments about that. Now, I don't know if the phone sales uh, you, you know, warrant it. They're probably not, honestly, because uh, you know, I don't I don't see a lot of them out there anywhere. And it seems like if it was a big hit, they would be uh, updating it more often. Yeah, well, I guess we'll just find out on the 12th. Well, of course, when you talk about an iPhone SE, Kirk McElhern likes them. Mm-hmm. My wife had an iPhone 5C, and we're probably going to have to upgrade something because where we are now, it doesn't have as good a cellular radio as the larger, more recent iPhones. doesn't run the latest iOS. I think it's iOS 10, where it tops out. But the point being here, we are in an area that has so-called average cellular reception from AT&T. And therefore, maybe we'll have to get something. We'll have to invest in something. But you can get an iPhone SE current one at AT&T, AT&T Next for about $11.75 a month. Mm-hmm. So it's not bad. But you have to keep it 30 months or something like that. It's like a three-year agreement, I think. But it's not the kind of thing that she would tend to upgrade, so we'll have to consider it because of that. Now, others would suggest, Gene, save money, get rid of AT&T. No, I have an AARP discount. As far as I'm concerned, again, it's monthly payments. We'll have to see what we get. I think a lot of people do like an iPhone SE. They want the smaller phone. And it's a good, it's a good entry-level model, 349 Imagine making it two ninety nine on an iPhone for two ninety nine. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would like that, uh, but I, I don't see that in the direction uh, Apple's going. They're, uh, you know, I, I think they've hit a wall in terms of how many of these they can sell, at least until uh, they get China opened up more. Uh, so that they're at the point where increasing the price is the best way forward for growth, and it seems to be working. Um, you know, the iPhone 10 has been an enormous hit for them and they're selling, seems like about as many of those as, as they have any other iPhone, only they're making a lot more money from it. So yeah, I don't, I don't see cheaper iPhone being the future. I mean, they'll always have some sort of entry level product, but you know, I, I would even expect that to, uh, become more expensive. If we get new iPads, obviously Apple has a 329 iPad. I'm assuming here they will never, ever, ever be another iPad mini. And certainly if you're getting a six and a half inch display on an iPhone, why do you need a mini? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I personally would miss the iPad mini if they kill it. Um, it's uh, it's my son's iPad of choice. And, you know, for very young children, it's just easier for them to hold than a larger iPad. Um, 
But I, I can definitely see a business case for it because the iPad mini probably isn't that much cheaper for them to build at this point than the $329 iPad. And, uh, so, you know, what, what's the business case there? You know, you know, you have a, you know, the uh, what, 9.7 inch iPad, it's uh 300 and was it 329. Something like, yeah, it's $329. You know, how, how much, how much could you sell an iPad mini for? Uh, you know, cause it was about in that range before at two fifty. you know, and it, does Apple really want to be in the business on $250 iPads? And, you know, I just, it uh you know the screen at this point probably isn't the thing that's that's adding most of the cost to it so um there's probably a very strong business case for killing the the ipad mini but um just as a customer you know it'll make me sad well the business case is how many are they selling apple knows that certainly by not upgrading the model they're saying we're not selling too many so we're keeping it for now and it will phase out being that if you want a cheap ipad it's a 329. If you want something smaller, get a more expensive iPhone for three times the price. I don't know. Do you think they'll do the iPad here or will they hold that off until maybe a Mac related event in October? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'll go ahead and say that they'll, well, yeah, I, th- I think they'll do it here. I think they'll do it here. But yeah, I could be wrong. So yeah, the iPad Mini 4 right now, I was just curious. It starts at three ninety nine. So the iPad Mini is actually more expensive than the regular iPad. The regular iPad is three twenty nine. The iPad Mini is three ninety nine. Yeah, there's not <laughs> there's just not much point for it in the lineup anymore at, at the price point. Doesn't make a lot of sense, gang. It really doesn't make a lot of sense to keep it in there. Apple Watch. We've already mentioned. Will Apple have a slightly wider screen, a circular model, more efficient? Health and fitness, they got the LTE. Do you think they'll find a way to eke out more battery life? That would certainly be a big thing. Yeah, I mean, I would certainly hope so. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. If, they're, if they are making a round Apple Watch, um, my guess is it's going to have a lot of... It's going to be quite different than what's, uh, what's there now. Um you know, they're still kind of in a very experimental place with the Apple Watch. You know, I mean, it's had some massive uh, rethinks of the user interface since it debuted. And, you know, and being that it's not um, quite the key product that the Mac or iOS even is, uh, they do have a lot more room to experiment until they find something that's really a smash hit. So, you know, uh, you know, th- there, there is some room for that there. And, and that makes it, you know, still sort of an interesting product. Uh, probably the big thing, even above battery life, although battery life's tied to it, is performance. Because uh, you know, and I know that's something that's uh, increased quite a bit, but you know, it still has a long way to go. Um, you know, another thing I like—I mean, I would just like to ha- have an iPhone. I'm sorry, not an iPhone, an Apple Watch, where you know the time's always displayed. You know, if they could, you know, pull that off somehow, that would be uh, pretty incredible. Well, certainly the interface is probably more important than anything else, I would think. Anyway, there we go with that. Obviously, the iPhone will come out with iOS 12. Now, consider this. They've been feeding lots of betas of iOS 12 in the past few days. I think we got one Monday, as we Mm -hmm. talked to you on the show. They're probably this close to having the final master Partly because they have to send them to the carriers for testing. Also, make sure everything is working, everything's copacetic. 
So we probably have the final or near final version of iOS 12, which is why you came out with the book. So maybe let's pursue that book in more detail. I have been running iOS 12 for, I don't know, like the third or fourth beta. And I took a chance because I figured I'll just restore my iPhone. It's a much later iPhone than the iPhone 6. But if you had a chance in the course of putting together your book, and we can hold the answer to the next segment, have you had success in testing iOS performance and looking at Apple's claims where it comes to launch of apps, where it comes to bringing up the keyboard or the camera or something, things that people perceive as being slow. We have Josh Centers of Tidbits. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We are GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. We've got listeners, lots of them. Around the world, around the clock, our listeners do what listeners do. They listen. And you know what listeners got? Needs. 
needs for your products, your services, and money to buy those needs. With our network of over 1,000 radio stations, streaming on the web, and our satellite transmissions, we're reaching our listeners with quality conservative programming. But there's something our listeners don't have. Your offer to meet their needs. Any business needs buyers, but if our listeners don't hear your message, they're still going to buy what they need, just not from your business. So let's fix this. Tell us about your business, then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message for our GCN listeners. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Healthcare reform is confusing, but whether it's finding an affordable insurance plan, keeping your doctor, or being able to afford needed prescriptions, navigating the healthcare system has become a challenge. Control your own healthcare costs and choices with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of each other's medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. First, before we get back with Josh Sanders, remember, the best way for you, ladies and gentlemen, to support the Tech Night Out Live is to subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus at plus.technightout.com plus.technightout.com. We offer a ad-free version of the show with better quality audio for prices starting at just $1.49 a week. Our price, cheap. Josh. Yes, sir. Okay. Have All you right. had a chance to test iOS 12 performance with older gear? Yeah, I uh, I have a actually I have it right here. I have an iPhone six uh, with a bum battery. It's actually causing the swelling a bit, causing the display to pop out. Uh, I should probably get that replaced. Well, but, you know what? That is a bum battery. Uh, yeah, a very bum battery. Well, even like the little uh, battery health thing is telling me it needs to be replaced. But let me tell you something. I booted this up. It still had an iOS 11 beta on it. I haven't used this phone in a couple of years um, just as a test device. And so, and it was unusable. I mean, just trying to get to the settings screen to update to iOS 12 was nearly impossible. I finally, finally got it done. And let me tell you, and this was on beta one. I always put beta one on a test device because you never, you never know what's going to happen with beta one. And from beta one, instant improvement. I mean, just totally restore the life of this iPhone 6. From unusable to um, you know just as quick as as the day I first bought it, so I was impressed with that right away, and uh, and so I quickly put it on my iPads and was also impressed with the performance there. And even on my iPhone 10, I, I think it was beta. Th- I put developer betas in some devices and public betas in others. Um, my iPhone 10, I think, is just the public beta, but I think it was public beta three or four. It wasn't too late in the cycle because I was I was very pleased with how everything was running. And put that on there. You know, typically when I put a beta on my daily driver phone, you know, I feel extra heat coming off the device. The battery life gets significantly shorter. You know, I had a little, just a little bit of that, but not nearly as much as any other beta. And and mind you, I've been covering 
I've been doing take control books on iOS since iOS eight. And uh, so I've been doing this for at least that long. I don't think I ran betas before then. So it, in all this time, this has been by far the best beta experience. And uh, you know, although I, don't, I haven't done a scientific test on Apple's uh, performance claims, I, I believe them 100%. In fact, anything that may be understating it. It's um, a tremendous boost in performance. You're going to see it on all your devices, especially the older one. Um, but this is one update I would advise people to get right away because I don't see a lot of downside. Uh, of course, you know, it might be a day or two after release, might find some huge bug that got missed in beta testing. You know, now some things have been buggy, like uh, especially earlier on screen time. Uh, you know, one of the new features of iOS 12 was a little flaky earlier on. Uh, we tried the the 32 person FaceTime call. Uh, they've since removed it. It's not going to be in the initial release, and that did not work well at all. So I see why they did that. Um, but overall, I think it's a huge imp- improvement over iOS 11 in terms of just the daily experience. Well, let me tell you, there is one bug which probably nobody cares about. That's been in iOS for so many years, I don't think Apple cares about it either. And let me explain what the bug is about, okay? So, to start, if you go to Safari Preferences on iOS, you have an option to clear history and website data, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, simple. Okay, so we do that. The first time I open a web page, after a few seconds, it will quit the app just vanished from the screen after that's okay that bug has been there through two or three iphones for years and apple i guess doesn't care about it huh i'm guessing you've done the bug reporter and all that i did at one time and i haven't pursued it since since i got the impression that apple does doesn't care i mean obviously there are lots and lots of bugs in operating system or software and they're weighted as to the severity. And having an app quit after a reset once, barely noticeable. Maybe that's just not important. No, most people don't care. And I'm I don't tell know. You, some breaking news just now. 9to5Mac uh, got some uh, big scoops for the upcoming event. Uh, they're saying, and they, have, they actually have product pictures. <laughs> so uh, apparently the new iPhone will be the iPhone uh, XS. Or maybe it's iPhone XS. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it's going well, to Well, SX, you know, 10X gets to be a little dodgy there. It's an excessive it's, iPhone is what it is. It's so, going to be the excessive iPhone, the 10S, Because so some will say the XS, and people look and say, what? what? Wait a minute. Every, wait a minute. Everyone will call it XS. Um, it'll be 5.8 inches or 6.5 inches. Um, both will be called the iPhone XS. It's also going to have a gold color option, apparently. And uh, that's what they have a picture of there. And apparently the new Apple Watch, the Series 4, um, I w- I'm apparently wrong. It's not a round phone. Why do I keep calling it a phone? It's not a round watch. It's the same design as before. But um, they've toned back the red dot. Now it's just a little red ring. And there's a new complication. It's like a, it's hard to describe this. It's very circular. It's like an analog clock face. Uh, there's four different comp. Let's see. There's a well. Actually, there's a lot of comp. There's like one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six. Like six, seven complications on this thing. That's actually really interesting. So, so like uh, just on this picture, there's uh, let's see. There's a there's a timer. 
complication. There's a weather complication. There is a UV index complication, sunrise, sunset complication. There's a, oh yeah, the a, a calendar. There's actually, it appears to be two because one's got a calendar appointment and then it shows the date below that. And then it has uh, two more, it has activity rings. And then uh, looks like uh, one you can tap to go to music and then also shows the volume level. So that's a, that's actually quite the complication. That's actually pretty interesting. Uh, I think if I were to wear an Apple Watch again, that would be what I would go with. Because I've already said the problem with the Apple Watch, if I, n- I never feel like uh, I have enough complications on the screen. I don't feel like I'm displaying enough data at once. So, yeah, good design on their part. It sounds complicated. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I'll get one someday unless someone wants to gift one to me. I don't have any rich relatives anymore. I don't have many relatives anymore, do I? They're all gone far, far away. Okay, iOS 12, other than the performance improvement, which I see too on a more recent iPhone. Mm-hmm. What else would you say is just so compelling you cannot avoid upgrading? Well, you know, if the, if the whole operating system has a central theme, it's giving you part of your life back. It's it's taking up less of your time, which is a kind of an interesting um, choice by Apple. But uh, so, so you have greater speed throughout the whole thing, and we've covered that. Um, notifications have been tweaked significantly, so they can be a lot less annoying. Multiple notifications from the same app um, will be grouped on your lock screen, so you don't just have just a huge laundry list unless you just want to. Um, you can also, and this is one of my favorite, uh, things they call this instant tuning, but what it really is, is you can have it so that you can tell an app, let's say you have like a game you play and there's like a timer on it or something. You want the notifications, but you don't want them like lighting up your phone. You don't want it buzzing your phone. So you can set it, uh, you can tell it to, to look, to deliver those quietly. And what that means is they'll show up a notification center, but they won't, um, show up on your lock screen. So, you know, you have to swipe up to see them. They don't make your phone buzz. They don't make your screen light up. Um, lots of new tweaks there. Um, there's a new feature called, there's some new, new do not disturb stuff. Um, there's a do not disturb during bedtime. So your phone isn't lighting up and buzzing in the middle of the night. And, and uh, you know, if you get up at two o'clock in the morning, look at your phone, you're just going to see, you know, what the weather is. It's not going to show you a bunch of notifications. They're going to roll you up. Um, very welcome feature. Um, uh, so, uh, two of the, the more interesting features and the book, uh, take control of iOS 12, which is, uh, you can buy on takecontrolbooks.com right now, as you listen to this, uh, has two chapters on these, uh, one for a new feature called screen time, another for, for a new app, uh, coming down the, uh, the pike called shortcuts. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you about screen time first. Screen time essentially uh, gives you tools to analyze, control how much time you spend on your devices every day. Um, you know, you, and you can set time limits for certain apps and websites. Like, for instance, if you spend too much time on Facebook, you know, you can let, clamp that down to an hour or two hours or 10 minutes or, you know, wherever you feel is appropriate. And you can also do this um, with other devices in your, you know, if you have family sharing um, you can do this with other devices in that group. So if your kid has an iPad, you can limit, you, say, YouTube to, you know, so long per day. Let's break. All More right. to come with Josh Sanders and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Now Live.
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Homemakers, groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we tell Junior, you can only spend so many hours watching YouTube. On the other hand, kids are smart today. They can defeat these things, or can they? Uh, this is one I think will be a little harder to defeat. Now, um, I mean, there's certain safeguards in place. I mean, like, of course, when it comes to disciplining yourself, you can uh, override at any time. And there's actually built-in tools where you can do that. But you can set a, a pin for it or you, know, you set passcode just for that feature that um you know unless the kid ha- has it or can guess it uh they can't do much with now i do think they can request an extension from you just like they can request uh, in-app purchases and things like that so um you know that's all been thought of you know how i'll actually work as a parenting tool you know i'm, I'm a bit skeptical you know i don't think anything replaces uh, you know, just old-fashioned supervision, all right? Um, but if nothing else, I think the reports may be the most interesting thing because you get those every week, I think, whether you want them or not. And it'll tell you how long you spend your devices, how long your kids have spent on their devices, you, you know? So I, I think that more than anything else, like, wait a second, you spent 20 hours watching YouTube videos. That, that's a, that's more than I thought because I, I don't think a lot of people realize how much time they spend on this stuff. 
Well, you um, know, with YouTube videos, YouTube also has a subscription TV service, but that's not what we're talking about here. No, no. Specifically, I'm talking about YouTube Kids, which which is like crack for children, but that's probably another show. Yeah, so, but, you know, I haven't been around kids in a long, long time. Speaking of YouTube, but my son is now 32, so... And all he wants to do is boogaloo. I'm joking. That's a song from Ringo Starr. Now I'm 32. All I want to do is boogaloo. Because that's the song I'm the greatest. All right, here we go. YouTube. You ready for this? I'm not going to play it now. Watch actor Randy Quaid expose the Illuminati. I know we're all prepared for that, folks. He's going to expose the Illuminati. He's got this wacky beard. Randy Quaid, remember him in Independence Day? He was the guy abducted by the aliens. He's Cousin Eddie. And he actually is Cousin Eddie in real life. <laughs> we don't even get that crazy on the Paracast. Sometimes we get crazy. I'll tell you about crazy. I don't know. I want to say crazy. It's just a little bit off-center. We had a guest last week, supposedly a vampire expert, who wrote a book mm-hmm. about vampires, three novels about vampires, two of which have been published, maintaining that there is a subculture in our world of vampires how did this come to him? Did he meet a vampire? Well, he thinks he saw one at Walmart once. How did you know he's a vampire? It gets pretty crazy. Most of it comes to him in Christian-themed dreams. Right. Okay. I, I hear so. I was back to iOS 12. What don't you <laughs> like about iOS 12? Um, you know, there's not much I, I dislike. I mean, there, there really isn't much to dislike because there aren't a lot of radical changes. It's, uh, you know, overall, it's... Um, it's big uh, performance improvements across the board. It's lots of refinements in the interface that, that mo- for the most part, you know, makes sense, make things easier to use. Uh, you know, one thing I do not like, and I, I have sort of a cynical theory why Apple did this, but so, you know, in messages, the longest time you've used the same button to either take a photo or to insert a previously uh, taken photo into a message. Well, now... In iOS 12, the camera icon just takes a photo that gets sent a message. You have to tap the little App Store button to bring up that app strip and then tap a Photos button to insert a photo. Now, Apple claims this is to make photos easier to, um, to access, but it, 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 what, what, let me ask you, what, why do you think they did it? Do, do you think it is to make things easier to access? Well, you know what? I... I'm not here to read minds. Not even on the Paracast. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, my cynical theory on this is that people aren't using iMessage apps, and this is Apple's extremely cynical way to make you use iMessage apps, because now you have to look at the app strip. You, you, you're forced to interact with it now, because everyone sends pictures on their phone. I don't find it a user-centric change. Um, I find it very much an Apple-centric change. And so... You know, and really, it's not the worst thing in the world compared to all the improvements that we're seeing, but I find it annoying. Siri, do you see Siri being smarter? Um, You know, that's always one of those things hard to gauge because, you know, Apple very rarely, I mean, they always have some uh, Siri improvements with each major release, but it's usually a back-end thing. Now, it seems like it has gotten, if not smarter, less stupid over time. Um, You know, I regularly... I have uh, an Alexa dingus now. I have the Google Home. Uh, I always have Siri with me. And so, you know, if I try 
a query on one device and it doesn't work very well, I will ask the others, you know, if, if I'm in the same room. It's always interesting. And honestly, Siri most of the time is is right up there with the rest. Um, although they're all stupid in their own ways. Um, so uh, some interesting things with Siri. Uh, one thing you can do with Siri in iOS 12, and I document this in the book, is you can create your own Siri shortcuts now. And there's there's two ways to do this. Um, there's one in just in, in the settings menu where it will um, it will suggest thing actions you've done recently and let you create a serious shortcut for it, which is kind of irritating because you uh, can't uh, you can't define your own things unless you get this new shortcuts app. And then if you create a shortcut in that app, you can uh, tie to a Siri command. Um, so just as an example, there's a there's a shortcut to look up um, guitar chords and show you how to play like certain guitar chords. And so, and you can tie that to Siri and say, Hey, show me how to play a G chord. And it, it can do that. So that's neat. Um, just kind of, you know, I wish that's something they could have uh, smoothed that a little more. Uh, and Siri has some new capabilities. Uh, I'm not sure how often these will get used. It can do uh, celebrity facts, uh, motor sports information, has, knows more stuff about food. Um, one neat thing, uh, Safari saved passwords. It can look those up and show those to you. I, I'm not quite sure what the what the use case for that is. One thing I noticed, speaking of passwords, now it's asking me to use Touch ID to unlock a password that's stored for a particular service. Mm-hmm. Now, that's almost two-factor authentication, isn't it? Because well, not only no. do you have the password, you've got to use your fingerprint. Now, you use um, Touch ID or Face ID to uh, pull up the password that's stored in your keychain. And one of the interesting things, I haven't got to try this yet. Um, apparently, there's a beta I was supposed to sign up for, but um, <laughs> one password and LastPass will both integrate with that now. And so um, uh, you won't have to switch back and forth between apps. So you open up, uh, like, I don't know, like, say, a banking app, and you have to log into it. Um, that's going to be a built-in capability. Like, if it sees that you have a uh, a password stored in one of those uh, services or apps, I don't know, however they're, they're defined now, you can, uh, you know, you can just uh, do that straight away. So that's going to be um, a pretty huge improvement for people who use password managers. Um, oh, and Siri now works in low-power mode. Uh the the hey siri feature it used to hope it didn't activate anyone's phone just then but it usually doesn't work with a low power mode now it does so just think now people listening tens of thousands of people think that when you said hey siri it's going to do something but my phone ignored it hey siri hey siri you gotta yell i'm here okay google thank you alexa but I offer no resistance to helpful assistance. <laughs> so many angry emails. Siri, will you please speak Klingon? Yeah. All right. Siri is brain dead over here, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot explain what happened to Siri. I think she's been possessed. In fact, that guy we talked to, the vampire expert, he said he was possessed and he had to go undergo some kind of exorcism. That was a pretty wicked show, Paracast.com, last week, if you want to check it out. So I don't know why we got into this, but it's got to be pretty interesting. You, by the way, had to buy a new TV set. Yeah. You had a Sony that died. It's dead, Jim. 
More to come yeah. on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Let's talk tough. Let's talk comfort. Let's talk about down-home value. Made in the USA blue jeans like you wore as a kid. Remember? There's a place down in Tennessee Where they make blue diamond gusset jeans They so pride in every stitch Guarantee you love the way they fit They put a diamond gusset in the crotch Where you need it most Blue diamond gusset's got it Others don't For good old-fashioned comfort, get diamond gusset jeans Every stitch guaranteed And our Defender motorcycle jean comes Kevlar reinforced See them at GUSSET.com That's gusset.com Or call 888-848-7738 That's 888-848-7738 Diamond gusset jeans got it Others don't This is Fred. Uh, Hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. 
There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Okay, so you have a Sony TV that expired. How so? Well, my wife, yeah, of course, I was away from the house, you know, and my wife told me, oh, yeah, hey, I keep turning the TV on, and it just turns itself off, and I came home, and I tried it, and sure enough, you turn it on, the light would come on for a second, the screen never come on, and then the light would turn off, and that was it. I tried uh, all the usual troubleshooting stuff. You know, I tried different outlets. I tried unplugging it for a while and plugging it back in. I tried, uh, you know, uh, the factory reset shortcuts. Uh, you know, I tried all that stuff and uh, uh, none of it worked. I mean, yeah, I, I'm still debating. I have a TV actually. I have it stood up in a corner here in my office. Um, there's a couple of Sony authorized repair shops. Both of them are like a couple hours away. I don't. I don't know, Gene. Do you, do you think it's worth trying to get one of these repaired, or should I just take it to get recycled? Well, remember here, it's a power supply. Probably that's one of the common things that breaks on TV sets. So what you might want to do is describe the symptoms on the phone to the repair shop and say, "Is this a power supply?" They'll probably say it is. They'll quote you what it costs to repair. If it's more than two or three hundred dollars, I say forget it. Mm-hmm. But expect yeah. it's going to be that. We're talking about a power supply. How old is the set? It's a 2015 model. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really does suck. Yeah. Okay, but, so you uh, got TCL with Roku. Which one? You know, I, can't, I couldn't tell you the model number off the top of my head. I'll tell you this. It is, it is the most popular model, I think, basically in the world right now. So wherever that model number is, I'll tell you how I found this out. Well, first of all, let me tell you how much I got this TV for I went to Walmart um, after the set died. I actually considered just not buying a new set for various reasons, but uh, my my family apparently did not uh, approve of that decision. And so <laughs> I was at Walmart and I saw one of these, and it was three hundred seventy eight dollars. It's for a fifty five inch four K with HDR, which actually okay. okay, that's probably last year's model. I know what you're talking yeah. about. There is one model below the popular one. So it was either that one or last year's, which is pretty good. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm like, well, hell, for that price, I can't really say no, you know, <laughs> um, because uh, I've been wanting HDR for a while. Now, it doesn't have Dolby Vision, but I'm like, well, heck, for the price, I mean, 4K HDR, 55 inches, you know, three HDMI ports. It's kind of hard to beat. It also has Roku built into it, which um, I, I like. I hated Android TV. The Roku built-in software is actually really good. So long story short about the TV, I did get a three-year replacement plan from Walmart for it because it was like 30, 40 bucks. I'm like, that's cheap insurance. You know, it's cheap enough if it dies in, within those three years. You know, if it dies after the three years, I don't really care. Pretty pleased with that. And uh, so far it's worked well. You know, Roku's been, you know, kind of a big hit on Wall Street lately. And I see why now, because they have... Um, this software thing figured out way better than anyone else. Do you um, think it's better than the Apple TV, the software? 
Yes, because uh, primarily because of the integration, it's simplicity plus integration. You know, and honestly, I think it's simpler than the Apple TV in a lot of ways. And um, now there are some things Apple does better, like text input. No other platform does text input as well as the Apple TV does, like with the, the iPhone app and everything. The, uh, the Roku app's kind of janky in that regard, um, or it can be. Uh, but you know, you don't janky. Well, okay. So like, for instance, let's say you're trying to, you're log, you're trying to log into, uh, some TV provider. Uh, I, I, this, I had this happen with Amazon for some goofy reason. I couldn't just activate it on my phone. I had to type my, my username and password in, you know, so I open the Ro- I download the Roku app, I open it up, I navigate, I, I hit the, uh, the text box. I hit the keyboard button. I type stuff in the keyboard does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. So I end up having to type the, the whole Amazon password out, you know, w- with uh, the remote, which is just super annoying. Uh, but you don't really have to do, you don't have to do that very often. Right. So, um, y- you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but overall I think the experience is a lot better and we've barely used the Apple TV since getting this Roku. Uh, I like how it switches inputs. Um, I do wish I had some shortcut buttons for that because what you do, you hit the home button and then you go back, you go to the home screen and then it's like a grid. And then each HDMI input will have its own little square in the grid. And this is one of my favorite little features about the Roku TV is when you highlight one, if it has a signal, it will show you what's playing on that input. Now, Um, one thing to point out here with Vizio, it's like toggling to go from one to the other. But we're always going from either Netflix or our standard TV set-top box. And that's it. We push the Netflix button. It's got a dedicated button for Netflix, Voodoo, Amazon, I think. I'm not sure about Hulu. But we're just using Netflix. I haven't used the Apple TV since last fall. Picture quality. You have a three-year-old Sony. Doesn't have HDR because I don't know if you had HDR in 2015. You've got a more a kind of a basic TV set here from TCL. Is the picture quality better, the same, what? I would say roughly equivalent. Now, just on the face of it, it's it's not quite as good as the Sony. Um, I, first of all, the panel isn't as good. It does catch reflections a bit more than the Sony did. And so what's weird, the Sony display could do HDR, but the HDMI inputs couldn't <laughs> and it was, it was some weird i don't know like i never quite figured out what the what the limitation was there it was like they, they didn't quite like they didn't quite integrate their hardware very well um so i get full hdr uh no it's not dolby vision but it is like full hdr 10 on um i do get it on the tcl and it looks great a couple movies uh, mad max fury road is a really good test case for hdr Oh, what was the other one? Oh, uh, Blade Runner, uh, Blade Runner 2049. You know, not my favorite movie, but the cinematography is just outstanding. And so it, it's another movie that really shines in HDR. So, you know, I, I think you know, it's kind of a wash. Um, you know, the glare can be annoying, but we have the TV position in such a way that uh, it tends to be minimal. It's only really when we have the overhead light on the kitchen that's annoying. That's all smart bulbs, so I can fix that from my phone. <laughs> Another advantage of home automation. Um, so yeah, I mean, but for you know the three hundred and seventy something bucks it costs, and it'll probably be cheaper than that around the holidays. You know, if you need a TV, and, and here's the thing, I really wanted to get a sixty-five inch because every time I get a new TV, I like to go up a size if I can. But the delta between 
a a 55 inch and 65 inch is is ridiculous like the um like just at walmart the cheapest 65 inch i think it was a tcl and it was 600 and something dollars and um you know if you look at the newer models uh, like the wire cutter recommended ones uh you know you look at them on amazon you know i think the 55 inch is like five six hundred dollars the 65 inch i think has the same features but it's like uh you know it's closer to eight hundred dollars it's just it's the 10 inches isn't worth the premium josh centers please tell us where we can find more of your stuff uh well you can buy my new ios 12 book at takecontrolbooks.com uh you can read my articles on uh, tidbits.com and uh you know if you're really brave you can follow me on twitter at j centers j-c-e-n-t-e-r-s Josh Centers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. If you like alkaline water or know someone that does, you're going to love the Dillon Living Water Bottle. It creates alkaline water on the go while reducing plastic waste and saving you money. Made with surgical-grade stainless steel, the Dillon Bottle increases the pH up to 9 to deliver both alkaline and antioxidant water anywhere you want it. Alkaline water is healthier, tastes better, and can even boost energy. The Dillon Bottle makes it easy and affordable to be healthy and achieve optimal hydration. Get your Dillon Bottle today at dyln.co. That's dyln.co. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Long-distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. Get relief for your neck or back pain when you search Amazon for sunshine pillows, heating wraps, and pads, often listed as an Amazon choice. Why take another pill? Now, from Sunny Bay and by customer demand, we introduce our extra-long neck heating wrap, a complete wrap, wide and hands-free, and brings fast relief to those who suffer from neck or back pain. You can easily find sunshine pillows on Amazon. Or search Amazon for our new Sunny Bay disposable heat pads. Or look for Sunny Bay heated neck wraps for 
relief from back pain to menstrual pain and cramps. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. See why our company, Biomed DB Design, has a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Just go to Amazon.com and search Sunny Bay or call us 253-678-1361. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too, until my brother died at 38. Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife, so I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it, trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-910-7981. That's 1-800-910-7981. 1-800-910-7981. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. From iMore Magazine, Renee Ritchie joins us for the very first time. We hope it's not the last on the Tech Night Owl live. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Now, like many others, you went to Google I.O., where all the goodies from Google for the coming year were announced. Can you give our listeners kind of a brief summary before we get to the meat here? It was a very Google show. They moved, uh, much like some other tech giants, they moved to the South Bay area. So they're doing it outside. They have a lot of people attending. And their message this year, like last year, was very focused on artificial intelligence, on the value that Google can bring by doing deep learning, machine learning, computer vision, and all the all the latest buzzwords to your devices for everything from assistance to the way your app icons are organized to di- trying to dictate email on your behalf, make phone calls on your behalf, uh, sort through your photos, find moments, uh, share with people. Basically, the goal was to make your devices work more for you so that you can work less through them. Okay, so that just sounds like normal stuff. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So now let's parse this. What about these announcements are going to make our lives better, richer? The common, I guess, joke maybe, or the the common, uh, maybe even the common shot at Google is that every year they announce so many things and some of them never ship, some of them ship and are quickly abandoned. Um, And some of them, you know, maybe a few of them stick, but just Google is willing to try such a sheer volume of things. The other big joke is that Google can't make a chat app to save their life. You know, they've had Allo and they've had Duo and they've had Hangouts and they've had Gtalk and, and the list goes on and on. And I think this year they didn't so much focus on a ton of new products, but they focused on making products better, like Maps integrating augmented reality so that if you, one of the problems they pointed out was it tells you to walk in a direction, but it doesn't know what direction you're facing. So how do you know what direction to walk. And they said, if we hold the camera up, 
and we identify what building you're looking at, we can show you little arrows, turn left, turn right, or maybe make like a little digital pet for you to follow. And I think those are the sort of problems they're learning to handle. With Google Maps and Apple Maps has the problem too. When you're going to like a shopping center, finding where the specific store you want to go to is not always yes. easy. And I also do a little ride sharing side gigs and it drives me crazy. Especially in big cities, because the buildings interfere with GPS, so it takes a while to lock onto the signal. You might walk half a block before it tells you that you're walking in the wrong direction. And when you're inside, you don't have access to GPS. So they're doing all these internal mapping, and they're using Bluetooth beacons, all this other technology, but it's nowhere nearly as mature as the outdoor maps yet. And of course, if you have a paying customer in the back seat, and you're trying to yeah, take them to their destination, or even find where they live, the right apartment yeah. number, forget it. It is a huge challenge, and especially like if you're supposed to pick somebody up and the app says your driver is here and you're looking at an empty street and really the driver is one street away and they think they are where you are and you think you are where they are. And that's a terrible experience for everybody. And they rate you as having poor navigation. Yes. And then you say they're a, they're a bum client. I mean, it just, it's, it. <laughs> it's the worst of all. It's a sum of all bad things. Okay. So in terms of Google I.O. this year, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, Yes. So with maps, it, yes. you're going to use your camera on your smartphone to help it figure out where you are? Yeah. I mean, the smartphone right now is sort of the proxy. Everybody thinks that in a few years, this technology will be built into glasses uh, or, or a similar device so that you can just look and you'll have this layer of information uh, lacquered on top of you. So you'll look and it'll tell you. Uh, the same way you look at Google Maps today, you see a map, but then you see these little dots on it, and it looks like a business dot or a medical dot uh, or a restaurant dot, and you can tap on that and get more information. And it doesn't distract from what you're doing, but when you do tap on it, it does provide you that information. That'll eventually be our glasses, where we're looking around and we see, like, this is left, this is right, this is north, this is east, this is a restaurant, this is a hotel, this is what the rates are, this is what the average cost is. But we don't have that technology yet. So I think everybody is busy testing these ideas and getting people acclimatized to it, uh, sort of boiling the, boiling the frogs, so to speak, with phones. And they're not as convenient. Like, you'll look funny standing on a street corner holding your phone up, trying to get it to lock onto a, a point of interest or a landmark or a, a sign or something so it can tell you where you are. But it, they're hoping that it provides so much information once it does that they'll, in a major city, you'll, you, you won't think it's odd to have a whole bunch of people holding their phones up, turning left and right all the time. Well, it's better than putting some ridiculous glasses on your yeah, head. I mean, eventually they'll be built into normal glasses. Intel had a, a demo a few months ago that's not gonna be a product, but they just had a very small laser that was shooting tiny bits of information like notifications into what looked like completely normal glasses. And enough people wear sunglasses or prescription glasses that if they don't look funny, they don't look like Google Glass or they don't look like any of the Microsoft mixed reality headsets, they'll probably become acceptable over time. Right. Or people will think you're shooting out laser beams or x-ray beams because you're trying to be Supergirl. There's ideas of contact lenses, and there's even like some people are experimenting with lenses that will hack the photons as they're going into your eyes and overlay the data so that there's no actual display. It's just rewriting the code from the photon as it's coming into you. So I mean, this is all getting really science fiction-y, but I think that's why we're seeing so much in terms of location. and our, Because augmented reality, we think of it now like you hold up your phone and you see a little robot dancing in front of you. 
But these are really giant information digestion systems. They're trying to figure out what are the horizontal planes, what are the vertical planes, what is the environment you're looking at. Uh, consist of so that it can ingest that data and start giving more information about it. Uh, it it no, sort of doesn't just know you, it knows the world around you. And that's what all these devices are becoming. We used to have just dumb home buttons and then they got touch ID and they could recognize our fingerprint. And we used to have dumb microphones and then they got assistants like Siri and, and Google and Alexa. And now they understand our voices and we used to have dumb cameras and then they got face ID and they could tell who, who we are. And this is sort of the next generation of that where it doesn't just know us, but it knows where we are and what the constraints of that environment are. You mentioned contact lenses. Now, let me tell you about my peculiar situation. I wear contact lenses, which is not unusual. Yeah. And then, however, because I also need reading glasses, I have two choices. I can get what is called multifocal contact lenses, except that I have astigmatism, which means I can get multifocal contact lenses that cost three or four times what regular contact lenses cost, and that is a no-no. So I choose to wear reading glasses when necessary, like right now I'm wearing reading glasses, but I could take them off and I can see fine. It's just a tiny print that I can't. So something there is going to be picking up radiation and all sorts of stuff, some electronic nightmare. And if you think multifocal contact lenses, that's, you know, it's kind of like progressive or bifocal. If you think multifocal contact lenses can be expensive, what about embedding all these computer chips and everything in your contacts? Yeah, or when they just start giving us cybernetics. I mean, I, I'm similar to you. I woke up one day, uh, I'm really badly nearsighted, and I woke up one day and I could no longer see close to me with my glasses on. And I wore contacts and now I, I keep going back and forth trying to get it figured out. And now I have my right contact. Yeah, my left contact is, is for seeing far and my right contact is for seeing near. And they insist my brain will figure it out, but my brain keeps saying, nope, 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 nope. So yeah, I'm right there with you. You did an article yes. a few days ago. The problem isn't duplex or AI. It's Google. All right. What is the problem? We are going to break in about a minute, but we can start it now. So I think that all of these topics are fine. Some people will look at uh, something like Duplex. And if people aren't familiar with it, Duplex was this big demo. It was the big demo of the show where Google said that they've gotten their assistant to the point where it can start interacting with humans. It could essentially pass the Turing test. And so they did a demonstration of Google Assistant calling a hair salon to book you a hair appointment. And you said, uh, okay, Google, make me a hair appointment between 10 and 12 o'clock next Tuesday. And Google called a real person at that hair salon and the person answered. And it said, I need a hair appointment. And it would also make human sounds like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, okay. It would sound conversational, not like a machine. And it said, can we do it at 12 o'clock? No, that's booked. How about one o'clock? No, that's too late. Can we do it before then? 11.15, okay, perfect, thank you. And then it would send you a notification telling you that the appointment was done. We got to book this appointment, but we can't do it with Google Assistant. We have to say it directly. More to come with Renee Ritchie of I'm More. I'm the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-318-4349 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-318-4349. Again, that's 800-318-4349. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Okay, so I saw that. The, I don't know if it was a playback of the demonstration. Yeah. So in a predictable way, you can have a conversation booking. But then there are going to be lots of gray areas. Yes. Because that speaks of talking to a generic receptionist. But what yes. if that person is someone you know? Like when my wife may call someone to book something, she may call somebody she knows. And there's yes. a level of personal conversation. You can't do that now with a voice assistant. Now. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of issue. The main problem that I was highlighting is that Google presented this as a a very cocky, very swing our AI around tech demo to say, like, look how amazing our assistant is. But they didn't present any humility. They didn't present any self-knowledge. They didn't say that exactly what you said, that this works only in a very constrained environment. If it's somebody you know, there might be a problem. It also didn't, Google didn't discuss whether not telling the person on the other end of the line that you're a machine and not a human was ethical or not. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. This is a whole conversation that our generation is going to have to have. And they were uniquely positioned to start that conversation and they completely punted on it. And they didn't explain exactly how the demo worked or, or the constraints around it. And it came off to a lot of people as seeing as seeming not just cold, but almost like terrifying that Google would talk about a technology that could be so transformative in such a dispassionate way or a, a d- inhuman way. Also, technically, if some other device or something calls and pretends to be you, that's identity theft, technically, yeah, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, people think not, but it might also violate laws about whether, because it has to record what you're saying in order to respond to it, even briefly, and that might be against the law of certain states or certain regions or countries or areas. There's, there was just, there's so many potential problems with it that they did not even begin, they didn't even say, look, we understand this is new, it might be potentially disturbing to some people, or it, it might be unusual to some people who want to have a conversation with you. It was just presented as though, oh, it's another product, it's coming your way. Right, but you can think here that if Google was proactive and said, okay, this is the Google Assistant calling on behalf of, let's say, my wife, Barbara Steinberg. At that particular point of time, a lot of people would just hang up the phone thinking some kind of dumb robocall. Totally, or they'd ask what that means, and you'd have to stop and explain what a Google Assistant was before you could have the conversation. Okay, so we're talking about a feature that may have potential, and I could see areas where it will, especially if somebody has a speech defect, there's an accessibility issue. But if you you don't speak the same language as the place you're calling. Right. Something like that, where it's helping a person, but without proper notification, there are all sorts of landmines here. And doing something, as you say, in the space of a public demonstration, carefully curated, carefully controlled, is not the same thing as doing it in the real world, as, of course, Uber and Tesla realize with those attempts at self-driving vehicles. Yeah. You know, there are always going to be X cases. And also, we're living in a time post-Cambridge Analytica where people are becoming more sensitive about their personal data. And we've seen incidents from everywhere from uh, the NSA to Uber, where people, employees within companies have abused the information that they have access to to either monitor ex-girlfriends or boyfriends 
or to you know spy on celebrities and all those things. And this is in the back of our mind. And we see a computer that we've seen bots have been accused of trolling people on Twitter or or trolling people on Facebook. And now you have the idea of a robocaller that's as powerful as an internet bot. And all these things immediately come to your mind. And then you wonder why, if I was, if I was PR, if I was working at Google, I would have watched that demo and say, these are the objections that people are going to have. And this is how you can easily insert a few words, a little bit of humility, a little bit of uncertainty into the demo to avoid all of this. And that either they didn't think about it or they didn't care, I thought was the, the disturbing part. Well, the takeaway for that is the latter that potentially they don't care. They're not thinking yeah. about privacy concerns because you've opened up a hornet's nest here. Absolutely. But it's, it, was, uh, it was interesting to me because right after the Google keynote, Tim Cook did the commencement address at Duke University, and he repeated a very often said at Montreal Apple that we believe privacy is a human right. But he also went on to say that when we develop technology, we don't just think about what we can do. We think about what we should do. And I think that's a sort of very, it's a generic message, but I think just hearing that from somebody in his position or just hearing that from Sundar Pichai at Google, it reassures you on a human level that they understand the awesome responsibility that should come with the incredible access that they're asking for. You don't hear it from Google, really. The other issue here I was going to ask, it's kind of a side issue because it dovetails back to Apple's issues with Siri, partly because of their privacy concerns. They hired one or two executives to help with Siri. Now, there's been some fear-mongering here that bringing those people over may impact Apple's approach to privacy, but wouldn't it just allow them to have additional skills to deal with that issue without hurting the privacy matter? I've never believed that Apple not operating like Google hurt. Like, I think Siri has a problem regardless of Apple's business model. Apple sort of neglected Siri, um, and it didn't really see the potential of these assistants the way that Google or Amazon did. Uh, and there's two very different things. You can provide deeply personal assistance to somebody without then also using the data you acquired to sell advertising or marketing or to develop other products. You can keep all of that information for just as long as you have to and then delete it so that you don't, you, don't, you don't exploit it in any way, shape, or form. Google and Facebook choose to exploit it because that's how they pay for it. That's how they make it free. But Apple sells hardware. It doesn't need to make it free. You know, there might be a few areas that are difficult, but they could provide essentially the same service with incredible privacy. They have just failed to do so, so far. One issue I hear is that the other services focus on trivia. You ask some kind of ridiculous trivia question, and you'll get the answer. Siri focuses on real information. The other thing here, which goes back to the beginning of Siri, and this was when the information had that story with former Siri executives complaining yes. about what Apple did. And one point was made from one of the journalists who tested Siri during like a press demonstration before it went live. And it worked fine. When it went live, things went awry, as if Siri has a constant problem working under load. And I'll give you a couple of examples of that. Sometimes I'll ask Siri something. Commonly, maybe I'll want to take a nap for an hour. And I'll say, Siri, give me an alarm for an hour from now or something. And sometimes it just stalls and sits there. Yeah. And yeah, is that no, one I, of the issues? Yeah, I used to joke that it almost felt like Eddie Q had one old Windows 80, you know, Windows 98 server in his closet running a Siri instance that he forgot about. And one out of 10 times you hit that instead of the real Siri server. And that's the sort of thing that creates immense frustration because if an experience isn't consistent, it's broken. And if it's broken, you don't want to use it. 
uh, and that's a huge problem. I think in general, you know, we've seen a, a bunch of problems in Apple over the years in a variety of services. Apple Music was hugely problematic at launch. It's gotten better over time. I think Craig Federici, who is Apple's senior vice president of uh, software engineering, taking over Siri, and I think the people they've hired into the organization are helpful. I think, you know, per that information article, they lost a lot of very good people along the way and seemed to lose direction. My personal belief is that uh, Siri is, is one of Apple's big futures that one day will have a Siri OS that'll be AI powered and it'll intermediate a lot of everything we use now in iOS or macOS. And I can think of very few projects at Apple, maybe aside from AR and the autonomous technologies group that are as important and they just were not investing in it. And I think HomePod was the big moment for them when they realized the problem, because with HomePod, there was nowhere to hide. You didn't have an iPhone interface or even an Apple TV interface to fall back on. It had to just work and it didn't. And I think this is where we started seeing Apple understand the depth of the problem and become much more serious about building out the Siri division. At WWDC last year, Apple said Siri would be using machine learning. And of course, they improved the Siri voice. We no longer have that woman from Atlanta yeah. doing the voice of Siri. So I have seen the improved voice. I don't see Siri being all that much better or better at all. One of the biggest problems with Siri right now also is that it's not consistent across devices. For example, Apple has very impressive technology in Apple TV that lets you ask for, like, if you speak Spanish, you can still ask for an English movie. And it no, it's a very hard problem to solve in voice is to understand when someone is changing languages. But they solved it years ago, before Amazon, before Google, but then it just stuck there. And they had sequential inference, which means that you could say, what's the capital of Germany? And it'll tell you, and then you say, what's the population? And it, it knows you're speaking about the capital of Germany, so you don't have to ask again. And they had that at launch, but they did, didn't take it anywhere. And meanwhile, Amazon and Google have been so aggressive in building stuff out, it looks like Apple's been standing still by comparison. And when you go across the devices, they just don't all do the same things. So I think that's part of what Apple has to do with Siri, and that is make it consistent or a cluster experience where you get the right answer on all of these devices. And if a device can't do something, it just seamlessly hands it. Like if your HomePod has no screen and you want maps, you can still ask the HomePod and it'll bring the maps up on your iPhone because it knows it's your iPhone. We know we have to break. Renee Ritchie will be back. On the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but 
breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Welcome back to Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Let's return, because Siri won't be solved now. Maybe there'll be some announcements at WWDC. Renee, let's return to Google I.O. There's a published report that I saw here, and it comes from Vanity Fair. Yeah. And I never think of Vanity Fair as a source of technology information. But the first question here, this is a story that went up the day before we taped this. Huh? Did Google fake its big AI demo? The tech press has questions, and Google isn't providing answers. What's going on? I did watch the keynote and I did watch the demo and all of the stuff to an extent is smoke and mirrors. Every assistant is smoke and mirrors. We don't have something like Knight Rider's kit and we don't have Jarvis from the Iron Man movies. So we don't have Hal from 2001. We don't have, we don't don't have have Jarvis. Wait a minute. No, I mean, we don't have it. Who is the uh, assistant in the legends of tomorrow? DC's legends of tomorrow who runs oh, the wave uh, rider. Yeah. I'm blanking on it. It's the same one that's in the flash. Yeah. I'm blanking on the name, but you watch the show. It. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, absolutely. But we don't have these, they're not real intelligences and they're certainly not sentient. So all of this stuff is smoke and mirrors. They've got very small data spaces and they have an amount of set responses and it tries to figure out which one to play. So it's like Hollywood where you have the set and you see the house. It looks like a house, but if you walk around sideways, it's just the facade with some, you know, some lumber behind it to keep it up. And that's really what all these assistants are. But the question, I think it started with John Gruber from Daring Fireball, was whether it was actually fake, whether it was a real call that was edited or whether the entire thing was staged. Axios picked up the story and they went and asked Google and Google wouldn't respond to them. And it's not unusual for a demo to be pre-recorded. It's not even unusual for it to be edited. But they saw inconsistencies, like some of the ones you mentioned, like how much, how well do you know the person on the other end of the phone? Or do they say certain things? They didn't leave a phone number. Why didn't they leave a phone number to be reached? When you ask for that, when they identify the, all of these little things that made it seem like this was maybe a Google, a recording of a Google lab and not a real call. Google did say it was a real call, but now they're asking for more information and Google is just not providing it. You raise that issue. For example, if I call Little Caesars, I want the $5 lunch special, but instead of pepperoni topping, I want sausage stopping. They yeah. will ask my name and sometimes ask for my phone number to make sure that I'm not some kind of lunatic calling them. Well, I'm a lunatic, but I call them because I want a pizza. Or at the very least, I'll ask you to confirm the number that their caller ID is showing them. Correct. All these gray areas they can't do. Yeah. 
Now, we know, of course, that demonstrations can be canned, and we've seen situations even with Apple, where Apple has a demonstration and something doesn't work. And I remember one in the early 2000s where Steve Jobs was trying to do something with a camera or something, and it didn't work, and he threw it into the hands of somebody sitting in the audience, one of his engineers, I suppose, and you think, what if he just threw it a little higher and smacked the guy in the head? Yep. No, but I mean, Apple, uh, by contrast, they did the the face ID, sorry, the FaceTime call with Dr. Dre, and they had a, probably a, a room full of technicians around him trying to make sure that worked. But they didn't pre-record that call. That was an actual live call. Uh, when they did face ID on stage, that was live face ID for the first time. And then when you went to the press room behind it, you could see it working and ask questions. And I think what we're starting to see is for years, the joke was that Apple had a reality distortion field, but Google has enjoyed a reality distortion field, the likes of which Steve Jobs never had access to, that you have these people who are full-on open-source advocates, neckbeards, granola-crunching, hippie people who would normally run screaming from this technology, embracing it just because it's Google. And they're given a wide amount of latitude in the press. And now we're starting to see people push back. I think if Apple had shown off exactly the same demo, we'd see headlines in the Wall Street Journal and New York Times demanding answers and what does this mean? And the repercussions? And is Apple doing this? And is Apple doing that? And we're only seeing a tiny bit of it towards Google, and it's making people uncomfortable. And I think that's incredibly interesting, but also incredibly important. We need that level of scrutiny for all of these companies. It kind of reminds me of all the brouhaha over the price of the iPhone 10, $999. How many Samsung phones are over $900? You know, what about the most expensive Google Pixel 2? My I mean, Motorola Razor back in the day was probably close to that. Right. I, by the way, I was a fan of the Motorola Razor. Totally. And I kept it far longer than I needed to before I went to an iPhone. But that's the point you raise here, that if it's Apple, it's expensive, a $5,000 iMac. Yeah, but now go and buy a 5K display if you can find one. Who makes 5K displays? I think there's only a few. And then get a workstation-class computer and tell me what it costs. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, every year I buy the new Google phone, so I bought the Pixel 2 XL. I went to do portrait mode because everybody said how fantastic. You know, Google doesn't need two cameras to do portrait mode. Ha ha, Apple has to do. And you know, just how great it was. And I, turned, I opened the camera, I couldn't find it. I spent like a minute. Finally, I found the menu button and it was buried in the menu button. I turned it on and I didn't see it. So I thought I did it wrong. And I went and I turned it on again and that turned it off. So I turned it on again, still didn't see it. Took a photo. I didn't see it. I thought... I thought I was dumb. I didn't, didn't know what was happening. I felt really incompetent. And then I tried it a third time and nothing happened. And I started cursing. And in the time it took me to curse, the picture turned into portrait mode. And what I found out is that because they don't have two cameras and they don't have the same quality chipsets that Apple has, they can't do the preview in portrait mode. And I'm a traditional photographer. If I use like a fast 50 lens, I see the bokeh. I'm used to framing the shot based on the way it actually looks, not like some filter afterwards. And I went to look and it was mentioned as a fragmentary sentence offside in maybe two out of the dozen reviews I found. And it was it was integral to my experience of that feature. And I know that if that was Apple, it would have been, again, front page news everywhere. Well, there you go with that. I mean, we're not seeing front page news about the fact that you can easily defeat, and I don't know if the Galaxy S9s are any better, their facial recognition and their iris recognition with digital photos. But the slightest thing that Face ID does wrong, because no system can be perfect, that's the headline. If Apple has a faulty update for software, that's the headline. 
but if Microsoft releases an update to Windows 10, a patch Tuesday or whatever, and it causes your PC to brick, it doesn't boot until the new patch is ready. That's not the headline. Oh, it's just Microsoft. Well, one of my favorites was you know, Touch ID got all incredible amounts of scrutiny, but the early Samsung and, and HTC phones with fingerprint readers stored the fingerprint photos unencrypted in a publicly accessible directory on the phone. And I think only Ars Technica wrote about it. Well, I also recall the fact that Twitter had a recent request out to, what, 350 million people. Change your password because internally we have a log that stored the passwords in clear text. But no, nobody stole that. Really? Is that what you Mm -hmm. want to say? You're telling me that nobody knows. I mean, I've seen my Twitter password hacked. A friend of mine had his Twitter password hacked, but in that case, it was somebody who deliberately wanted to take it over and pull some stuff. But nothing is safe. I've had some pretty top-notch security experts on the show. One is a former Air Force Major General, and he told me his daughter had her ID stolen and somebody bought a car in her name, and it took him like a year or two to get the thing straightened out. Totally. And by no means am I saying people should go easy on Apple. Just the opposite. I'm saying that Everybody should be as as diligent and scrutinize all the major tech companies, Facebook, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, to the same extent they do Apple, because that's when it starts to actually benefit consumers. Let's get back to the Google thing. So we don't know about AI, whether there was hanky panky there. (laughs) At this point, do we have any final answers from Google about the charges in that vanity fair? No, uh, no, we don't. And again, that that to me was just part and parcel with the way the whole thing was was demonstrated because they didn't say it was an imminent product. It's, they made it sound like more of a tech demo. And as far as I know, they haven't answered yet. So we'll we'll first have to wait and see if they do say something. And then we'll have to wait and see how the product performs in the real world when it's actually shipped. And there's a thing, too, with new inventions from Google. When Google Maps came out for what? How many years? It was beta. Gmail, yeah. beta. Now, when Apple introduced Siri, it was beta too. It was marked that way. When they yeah. introduced Apple Maps, didn't have the beta label. Yeah. And Apple got justifiably attacked for it. But I've run the pretty music, silly yeah. stuff with Google Maps and you never hear anything. Google Maps, that's fine. We got more with Renee Ritchie of iMore. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. 
How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I am 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Broadcasting to over a thousand radio stations, GCN programming is in all of the largest markets. A GCN advertising career could be the business opportunity you've been waiting for. Companies need hardworking representatives just like you to handle their needs, while you earn residual income which can last for years. Companies are buying and they need you. Email advertise at GCNlive.com or call 877-996-4327. That's 877-996-4327. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Very briefly, did you look at the coverage, Renee, of Android P? Yes. What do we see there? Anything really new and different? I understand the gestures remind you of the iPhone 10. Yeah, I mean, Google has some challenges. The advantage that Apple has is that they're an integrated vendor. They make everything from the silicon, the chipsets. 
that are in the device to the pixels that are in the display of the device. They control everything. So when they roll out a feature, like they rolled out the notch uh, the, 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 on iPhone 10, the entire system is built around supporting it. When they rolled out the gestures that went with removing the home button, they also put in uh, technology that increased the response rate by a factor of two. So when you did those gestures, they really felt stuck, like with glue to your finger. And when you move up and down, they moved exactly. And that, that's what creates the illusion of this working, of it being like a one-to-one direct response rate. But Google never really knows what hardware is going to be underneath Android. So they have to add support for the notches that all the Android phones are adding. And they have to add support for things like these gestures without knowing the quality of the touch layer on the device or knowing how many or how big the sensors are on the front of the phone. And that always, to me, makes it look like it's a little off. And that's the sort of thing that I feel like with Android P, its genius is Google's strengths, like things like the AI that's being built into it and the assistant and the services are all rock solid, you know, industry leading, best in class. But anything that has to rely on the sort of hodgepodge of different uh, vendors, especially vendors making more commodity handsets with stock parts, it, it just starts to fall apart. So I see Android phones having a notch. Cosmetic yes. or do they expect to have circuitry in there that will provide facial recognition like one of the reasons that apple made the notch was that they really wanted to go edge to edge but there's not technology to put things like a camera uh, and some of the sensors underneath the display yet so they had to compromise by leaving those exposed and that created the notch and i think android vendors want to have the same thing they want to be able to say they have edge to edge display a higher uh, screen to bezel ratio and they're making the same sort of compromise. The essential phone, which came out right, you know, just before the iPhone 10, had a tiny little notch just for the camera. Uh, but to me, it's it's always not about having it or not having it. But are you giving me a compelling product that'll that'll make me put up with it? And I think the true depth camera and face ID and all of that on the iPhone, it's really compelling. I think some of the ones we're seeing here are silly is the wrong word, but they're not they're not elegantly designed. I wonder in retrospect whether making that screen on the top a quarter inch lower, which I guess kind of obviates the edge to edge a little bit. Would that have been a better design visually? I mean, that's what you see Samsung's stuck to with the Galaxy Note. And it, it just depends what you want. Like uh, with Apple, I think they value looking, haha, now that everyone's copied it, but they valued sort of being unique, looking unique, and sort of doing something that was a little bit next generation. And they would have looked like 100 other Android phones at the time if they'd done that. And they also really did think it was freeing, like almost like on an Apple Watch, you can put complications in the corner. And they're not at the center of your vision, but they're there if you want to glance at them. And this let Apple put things like the time and the Wi-Fi signal up in the corners where they're not really in your way, but they're sort of out of the display now. And you can have all that display for your content. I don't know whether I'll get an iPhone 10 next year. I assume you've got one. Yes. Okay. Are you going to go update if they have the larger screen version this fall? From iPhone 6 to iPhone uh, 7 and even the iPhone 8 that I got, I like the Plus much better because I'd like the idea of it being a tiny tablet as much as it was a big phone. And just the amount of things I could do with it, I could basically do my entire job if I had to remotely just by using that phone. Uh, and with the iPhone 10, I got a screen that's almost as big and a device that is much smaller. And I do like the ability to you, know, you walk around, drink your coffee, use your phone, not have to worry about using it like a tablet. I'm going to wait to try it before I make up my mind, because uh, maybe it will be so big. Like you're getting to the point of over six inches. It might as well be a, an iPad tiny at that point that maybe it'll be productive enough that I'm going to do it anyway. But I, I really like the size of the iPhone 10 right now. I think part of it is 
people are addicted to larger smartphones. I mean, we get someone like the Macalope who wants his yeah. iPhone SE. And I believe that, you know, I believe that there are people who prefer that. One of my friends, Kirk McElhern, you probably know him. Yeah. Kirk yeah. has, I think, an 8 Plus now, but he wanted an iPhone SE. He does not like the bigger phones, and I can understand it because my wife has an iPhone 5C. And really, it's long in the tooth. It needs to be replaced. Whatever Apple comes out with, if we can get a good deal, maybe we'll consider getting it. But for me, I need the big iPhone, even though if I use a Plus model, it kind of extends out of my jeans pocket a little bit. I yep. never got into <laughs> the clown uniform, you know, yeah, with the big totally. pockets. So I, or maybe what we have to do now is when you go buy jeans from a store or Amazon anywhere, they'll have special versions specially designed for large smartphones. You need the Jim Dalrymple jeans that can fit an iPad mini in the back pocket. Oh, okay. I asked Jim about that. <laughs> you're, you're totally, I think it depends on whether the phone to you is an adjunct or whether it's your primary computer. Just like, you know, some countries never had copper networks and they went straight to mobile. They never had huge PC implementations and they went straight to phones. Or maybe you can only afford one device and you need to have a phone so that becomes your primary device. Or you work remotely a lot. You travel, you're a salesperson, you're out on the factory floor or something, and the iPhone just becomes that primary device for you. Then the bigger screen lets you be that much more productive and it has immense value. Where if you're sitting in front of your Mac or even like an iPad Pro most of the day and you only really want your iPhone to check messages or reply to emails on the go, then it being small and light and easy. It's like the super leger race car. You know, it's really an advantage at that point. Here's the way I started using the iPhone and I began to really be heavy into it. And it's when they had the three and a half inch screen, the original. Yeah. And I made a habit every evening of taking my PowerBook and then my MacBook Pro into the bedroom and spending a while keeping up with email. So I got the iPhone and I thought, well, you know, I can answer a lot of my email. And also I learned how to be brief. So I don't have to worry about writing long sentences when I can just write something really short and keep in touch with that, keep in touch with the news, watch a TV show and learn more about it. And I realized, you know, I have to have an iPhone. And thus I used my notebook much less. I have an eight-year-old MacBook Pro. I don't use it very much. Therefore, it still has the original battery. There's no reason yes. to replace it because it's mostly been used plugged into the wall socket or actually the power strip. So I'm not concerned about that. But I don't use it very much unless I travel. It becomes critical then. But even when I'm traveling, the iPhone does most everything. It's when I have to edit recordings for the radio show that I need something reasonably large. And I do it on an iPad, if they had software that I could use, like Audio Hijack, imagine if they had Audio Hijack for iPad, and I think Apple has to open up sandboxing to allow one application to capture audio from multiple applications. And I think once that can be done, I think that's a problem. You'd see an app. I think it'd be great to take a, say, a 10.5-inch iPad and do my entire show on it. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I, I've talked about this before, so apologies if you've heard it, but my, my father was an IBM engineer and he worked on their mainframes and then he bought an Apple II and it meant that he could use VisiCalc without having to drive downtown. And that's say it wasn't as powerful as a mainframe, but it let him do enough that he could work from home. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Renee on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you 
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. Several years ago, I was developing a very uh, severe situation. I called it my flippy heart. It just was doing not good things. And I did not want to go to a medical doctor because uh, I just knew they would give me a cover-up pill. I didn't want to get onto that sort of thing at all. When I learned it was garlic and cayenne, and cayenne is a healer. It is a wonderful herb. I said, I think I'm on to something here. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be without it. It did wonderful things for me. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results may vary. See website for details. But hey, I'm buying a huge flat screen TV so I can finally see it without my glasses. Why not just get LASIK at the LASIK Vision Institute? That's what I'm doing. Uh, My glasses and contacts are a pain. I'd love to finally get rid of these, but who can afford LASIK? You can. Because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text 233 to 350350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text 233 to 350350. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's DO33 to 350350. Non attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. 
Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So that was the thing right there, telecommuting. Yes. The ability to be able to use your technology or some of it at home and not have to go yeah. to the office. I got into that in the 1980s because up till then I was working in traditional typography before we had the desktop publishing revolution. Yep. Now, I couldn't bring in one of my CompuGraphic edit writers or one of these other large machines into my home. Just imagine with those big phototype setting developing devices where you had to process your output instead of a laser printer. And then as soon as all that happened that I could just bring it into my home, I bought a Mac. And then I didn't have to go to the office anymore except for very specialized work. Yeah. And that really changed a lot of things. Everything that's there now, I can do a lot better. Like an example, then when you've spent $4,000 for a laser writer, the output would be good for proofing, but yes. not for final output. Nowadays, for $100, you can buy a laser printer. Of course, it's not 1117 You have to spend, what, 200 You could basically get output sharp enough that it would pass for books and things. Yep. In fact, if you use print-on-demand books, they're using basically a glorified copy machine with a very yeah. elaborate sorting system. And I think it's a Xerox or something like that where they can run the entire book there in a couple of minutes, and it's basically just a copying machine. Totally. And the quality is good enough that you accept it as genuine printing. And it, it just doesn't stop. And someone made a great analogy that we went from having clocks in town hall to having clocks in the house, to having clocks in the bedroom, to having clocks in our pocket, to having clocks in our wrist. And we're seeing that with computers now. I was always at my laptop and then I got an iPhone and then I didn't have to be at my laptop all the time. I could be out and about. And if somebody needed me, I could take care of it. And now I have a watch on that for certain really brief, but important, but frequent tasks, I don't even have to reach for my phone anymore. And it just seems to keep going on that path. Let's go back to something here, because bringing up the Apple Watch reminds me of another issue. Back to the iPhone 10. All these stories that came out late last year and early this year. The iPhone 10 is a big fail. The supply chain indicates collapsing demand, and some of the numbers they produced just didn't make any sense. Like they were going to produce 50 million iPhone 10s in the March quarter, which is ridiculous because Apple generally doesn't sell that much more units for all their models but you know it got pretty crazy and then tim cook at the conference call for the december quarter the number one smartphone on the planet is the iphone yeah. 10 in the march quarter the number one smartphone on the planet is the iphone 10 yeah a anyone feel chastened yet no I, I did a video on this uh because it happens every quarter and i think it was really enlightening to me. I went through it. I looked at all the stories, and it's from the usual suspects, Bloomberg, The Wall Street Journal, Nikkei. Goes, I CNBC is a big one uh, every quarter. Uh, and then there's this remarkable video from uh, 2006 
I think it's it's an inside Wall Street video, and they're speaking to Jim Cramer back when he was running a hedge fund, and he was talking mostly about BlackBerry because that was the big brand back then. But then someone said, "What about Apple?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, that's great. You, you know, if you want to make some money on Apple, if you're short and you need to meet your numbers, what you do is you call up and you say that Verizon's taking a pass on the phone, or AT and T's not happy, or Apple's not going to make the MacWorld deadline, or there's some other problem with it, and you give that to the hedge funds, and then you call up the Apple media, and they love to run those headlines, and you just give them that story. They love that story, and then they publish it. You just beat that stock down. You can't let that stock get up, and you beat it down as much as you can, and then the results come up. I mean you make your numbers. And the host said, well, what about you know the people who sell? He goes, yeah, I mean, people get burned. And then a few weeks later, they buy back and they forget about it. But this is what you have to do when you run this business. I don't believe that reporters can claim naivete anymore because they, they go through this every quarter. I think it, we see the deliberate manipulation of the stock by people who play the markets and the, the compliance of the media who wants the, the headlines because they get a ton of attention from running those headlines. And I think neither of them are actually thinking about investors or thinking about their audience. And I think it's it's disgraceful. How close is that to illegality or is it all about freedom of the press? There, I mean, I don't know the SEC, the FEC specifics for the hedge fund. I mean, I was I was surprised that Kramer would be that candid about it uh, because it does seem like stock manipulation to me. But I just think it's unethical. The reporters can say they're running the story because they saw the rumor somewhere, because this financial analyst said he spoke to the supply chain or that financial analyst said that she heard from suppliers or distributors or something. And so they can internally justify while they're running it. But I think the job is not to run the story. The job is to present the story within its context. And if you know that it was a completely fake last year, or if you know that Tim Cook you know, said that you can't look at a single supplier and extrapolate our business because we buy so much in advance, we shift suppliers so much that it's just not an indicator of anything, then it's incumbent of them not to run the headline iPhone 10. iPhone 10 is a failure, but to say, you know, uh, financial markets are trying to downplay iPhone 10 again and then say, historically, this happens every quarter and has almost never proven to be true. Crying wolf, when will they stop getting away with it? I think yeah. part of it is the media gives them a pass. They run the story, Apple, big fail. And then, of course, Tim Cook makes this announcement. Okay, it didn't happen. And they don't yeah. look long term. Well, they've been doing this for years. At what point do they stop? Because nobody pays attention. Maybe that's when something will really happen. And I like I'm a big believer in personal responsibility, and I think it's incumbent on us to sort of take responsibility for this and tell them when they run those stories that it's not acceptable. And if they run them again, to stop reading them. I think that's how we vote. We vote with our attention. Right. But of course, Apple fail is the headline that catches. And of course, the same thing with the Apple Watch. It's been a failure every quarter, but it's the number one best-selling wearable, not just smartwatch, but wearable on the planet now. How'd that happen? Apple is remarkably consistent and they're actually a very upfront company. Like when I think part of the problem is that people expect technologists to lie all the time. And Apple is usually remarkably candid. And they said, you know, we have even Steve Jobs, when he, he set expectations incredibly low for the original iPhone, and now it's selling 50 million units, even in a down quarter. But you look at Apple Watch, and they introduced it, and they gave it some features, and they found out what features people liked. They doubled down on those features. They added features that they thought would be popular, and it built and built. And again, you have to call out the media on this. The media was saying Apple Watch was a failure, and Amazon Echo was a raging success when the Apple Watch was outselling the Echo. That's, again, a complete disservice to the readership, to the audience. So 
Apple does not release numbers. It's one of the few products they don't release numbers for. But they did say it grew another 50%, I believe, uh, was, was the latest numbers they gave out year over year, if I'm not mistaken. And that's a business that any other company in the Valley would give two or three executives lives for. And what's interesting here is you do get estimates because people are making guesses on Apple's other products business to see how many might be Apple Watches. Even if they're close, the Apple Watch's third-year sales weren't that far removed from the iPhone's third-year sales, which is just amazing. And I remember what Steve Jobs said when he introduced the original iPhone in 2007. We'll be happy if we get 1% of the market by the end of 2008. And Apple beat that by a considerable margin. We forget that. He didn't make great expectations. He said great things about its potential, but he never said it would take over the market or start a new market. And he never said that even if Apple doesn't produce as many units as Samsung, where it counts, they produce a lot more. Yeah, I mean, the Mac has been successful for years having a minority, a very small, some often single-digit um, market share because Apple makes profit on their devices. They don't race to the bottom. They don't try to compete for people for whom price is the most important feature. They want to make products that they think are great products, and they've been successful, whether it's incredibly popular like iPhone or whether it's a relatively small market share like Mac. And I think that sort of shows the endurance and robustness of their business model. And the thing to bear in mind, too, here is when you say Apple prices are very high, if you look at comparable equipment, like I said, with like an iMac Pro compared to a workstation, the prices are in line. A high-end smartphone? Sure. A high-end smartwatch? Add up all the features. One more segment with Renee Ritchie of iMore. iMore.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. 
It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. is one thing that affects everyone. George has talked about the power of stem cells for years. Now, there's a new serum that harnesses that stem cell power to bring back your youthful look. Beverly Hills doctor, Nathan Newman. Stem cells are basically our fountain of youth. This is what maintains our body's reparative, regenerative abilities. As we age, every cell breaks down and needs to be replaced and what replaces it is the stem cell. Dr. Newman and Janess have developed Luminess. Luminess takes the science of stem cells using the same growth factor complex that literally heals our cells, slowing the appearance of the aging process. Apply Luminous twice daily and on average see results in a week. Learn more, watch our video, and order today at a special Coast website, healthylooking.com. Plus, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that's healthylooking.com. Luminous for a healthier, much younger, better-looking you. Buy now at healthylooking.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So it comes down to this. I guess Apple's big enough to get a bad rap. I mean, like you mentioned this in the previous segment where you look at Apple's pricing is comparable and where they're successful is showing you that you get even more value than what you pay. So, for example, uh, you buy an iPhone and yeah, it costs maybe six hundred, seven hundred dollars, depending on which one you get. And you can get a Samsung for seven or six hundred dollars or a Pixel for seven hundred or six hundred, you know, six hundred dollars, seven hundred dollars, an LG phone. I once uh, on a new year, there was a fireworks malfunction and a firework hit my chest and fell off landed on my iPhone and it melted the oleophobic coating. And right after New Year, I went to the Apple store because there was an Apple store at the local mall. They'd never seen it before. They swapped it for a completely new iPhone. I put in my iCloud ID and I left with a phone that was for all intents and purposes, exactly the phone that I had uh, a day or two previously. We got my mom an iPad Pro and she and her friends went to the Apple store again at the mall. And she's taken courses on 
uh, music and making videos. My godkids have taken the how to code courses, and these are all available free. Uh, so there's an incredible amount of added value you get for that price tag that just other companies haven't been capable of providing it. You can't go to the Samsung store and take all these classes or the Pixel store and get all this, this service. And, the service. The Pixel what? Price. What Pixel, pixel store? store right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. The, and why are they going to call the genius? The AI guy? Yeah, I mean, and that, that is value that you get for buying the Apple product. Well, I have to say this, though. I was doing work as a Mac consultant in the Phoenix area. And then they opened six Apple stores here. I think the third one was yep. over at Chandler Fashion Mall. And I'm about 10 minutes or 15 minutes from there. I went to that opening, and that's when we had Ron Johnson and Apple. Yep. And I had a nice talk with him, really nice guy. and got the T-shirt and everything and watched how it opens where the crew applauds yep. the customers. Grand opening. And I realized, you know what? With the Genius Bar, they won't have me come to their home and get an hourly pay. They'll just take their computer in to Apple and get their free service, at least if it isn't too old. You know, I've had experiences with Apple support that are pretty good. My son received in 2008 for his graduation a black MacBook. Nice. He proceeded to wear out every single part within the three-year Apple Care <laughs> warranty. I'm so grateful <laughs> I got that. Every part on that computer wore out and had to be replaced at least two or three times. We got Apple to extend the warranty with lots of complaining and moaning about this poor former college student for another six months or a year. He got four years out of it. He has since purchased a MacBook Air. But you see what I mean? Yeah. Exemplary performance. And of course, now there's a class action lawsuit about the butterfly keyboards, the very low travel yeah. keyboards in the MacBook and the MacBook Pro, because I guess they have some early failures. But yep. if you look at the class, it's only got two participants. You think if this thing was so defective, people would be lining up. Apple sold millions of these things. Yeah, I mean, I had my first keyboard failure yesterday. I mean, on a 2016, I've, I've used five or six different ones, the different review units and, and the ones that I've gotten and hadn't had a problem until yesterday. And I did the whole compressed air thing. Now we have social media. So it's always hard to tell what's just a popular complaint topic and what is an actual support incident topic. And I think Apple Insider published numbers that showed that the overall incidence for MacBook Pros was way down. It was significantly down. In general, the new MacBook Pros are far more reliable than previous years, but the keyboard numbers hadn't changed. They'd gone slightly up in 2016 and then returned to normal in 2017. So Apple made the entire machine much more reliable except for the keyboard. But there's just so many people complaining about it that it's, it sounds like every keyboard is failing. Well, speaking of Apple, I got a replacement keyboard for my iMac. And I have the magic keyboard. And how did that happen? Yes. Very simple. I went to the Apple store, brought the other keyboard that had a dead key. I needed a keyboard now. And he said, you know, I, I'm out of stock of this, the original wireless keyboard. And I can have one in in a couple of days. I said, I can't wait a couple of days. I got to get back to work. Can you do something for me? He went back and said, here's a magic keyboard. Have a nice day. So the magic keyboard, which is the low travel keyboard, very, very similar to the ones in the MacBook and the MacBook Pro. It's fine. I'm using the darn thing all day long. It works just fine. I have no complaints. Of course, now it's going to break. Listen, I think I've only replaced one or two keyboards since the 1980s on a Mac. I've replaced batteries a couple of times. If there was a real problem with the keyboard on a MacBook or a MacBook Pro, Apple gets a lot of complaints. What do you think they'll do? They'll extend the warranty and give you a free keyboard. I mean, we like to say that Apple's not paying attention, but generally 
there's a system in place where if they get a sufficient number of incidents, it prompts an alert. They look at the alert and they've already done a battery replacement program for the non-touch bar version of this MacBook Pro because there was battery swelling at a level that was not, you know, there's always some problem with lithium ion, but it's when it becomes a larger than normal problem that they have to do something. And if the numbers of keyboard replacements reach a certain level, they'll have to make a keyboard replacement program too. And when your company is Apple's size, all this stuff is built into procedures that they follow. Also, if you're really concerned, if you escalate your service request, you know, it's really, really hurting your productivity. You got to have something done now. There's always going to be a department there that will listen to you and try to do something. Even if there isn't a program, they'll try to work with you. It's not like it's a faceless creature. I mean, they have a certain amount of latitude to do what they can to make the customer happy because in general, Apple knows they've already gotten the money for the product that you bought and they want you to remain an Apple customer. It's far more efficient to keep customers than it is to get new ones. And it's far more valuable to make your customers happy than to make them angry. Some people go in there and they're absolute jerks and they wonder why they don't get any help. If you go in there and you're like super decent and you're honest with them and you tell them exactly what you need and you don't have to like fake tears or anything, but in almost every case, they seem to bend over backwards to help you. I've run into a situation there where I found maybe a couple of geniuses I wasn't impressed with, but usually 99 and 44 hundredths percent of the time, I get what I need. And frankly, I haven't been to an Apple store in a couple of years. I have nothing that has to be fixed. I have an eight-year-old notebook computer right here. It's way out of warranty. Apple, I think, calls this vintage now after eight yes. years. Is that what they call it? <laughs> I have a vintage MacBook Pro. I can't see anything wrong with it. I mean, I've opened yep. it up a couple of times. I have an SSD from MacSales.com. And it's yep. not that bad because with the SSD, it runs pretty quickly. Yeah. So, huge, uh, huge right. So it works fine. And other than the lack of a retina display, I can keep this until it falls apart. Because if it falls yeah. apart, who cares? It's really well built. I mean, the, the, there is a right to repair argument about modern, not just, I would argue not just Macs, but modern computers, modern cars, modern everything, where we're building structural elements and crumple zones. We're creating things in, in a way that makes them much more useful. They last much longer and they're much more solid, but they're harder to repair. But in exchange for that, you get what you said, which is a computer that has a, a unibody aluminum structure that's probably going to last five, six, seven, eight years. Well, we've got eight now. It's got a couple of scratches on. My wife has an iPhone 5C. How old is that? Like three, four years old now. But she uses it and she doesn't say anything. Why can't I have a new iPhone? I need a new iPhone. No. That probably is why smartphone sales have plateaued, because at least for iPhones, you don't have to toss them away. Apple's still selling the iPhone 6S from what, how yep. many years ago? Still providing support and new updates and everything. I'm still running High Sierra on that MacBook Pro from 2010. Yeah, nice. Renee Ritchie, where can we find more of your stuff? Uh, you can find me at iMore. I'm on Twitter at Renee Ritchie, and I have a YouTube channel uh, called Vector. You can find us on Twitter too if you look for Tech Night Owl. That's one word Tech Night Owl. I'm on Facebook as Gene Steinberg, the guy with the red plaid shirt if that's the one he's wearing it's got to be me we've got a second radio show about ufos and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. and this week with our special guest co-host gogs mckay direct from scotland we'll be offering brent rains who has a magazine now called alternate perceptions about all the things that go bump in the night and all the wacky things that go on and it was a really fascinating, enjoyable session. That's at Paracast.com. 
We also offer a special version of this show free of the network ads for those of you on YouTube and elsewhere who don't like ads from radio networks. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. The Tech Night Owl Plus. Prices start at just $1.49 in the words of the publishers of a magazine many years ago. Our price, cheap. Renee Ritchie, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you so much for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.